Triple Whale has just launched a simple finance platform called FinHub, and I'm already loving it. One simple dashboard for all the tools and accounts you're already using, so you can gain clarity with your consolidated data, your real-time cash flow, your accrual P&Ls. It's designed to help those brands that are built on Shopify to operate smarter. So go over to triplewhale.com and check it out. Welcome back to Pit Stop. Joining me again today is the father, the creator of Fourth Magnetic Pillow Fourth. It's done over $3 million in crowdfunding. And we are going to talk about the ad strategies and tactics that Connor Lewis used to launch Fourth Magnetic Pillow Fort. Connor, welcome back to Pit Stop. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Lucas. Well, I'm going to turn it over to, to you because candidly, I haven't done a ton of ad buying in my my time. And I would love to just hear what what you have to say with regards to the Kickstarter data, but also the ad data that let you uh, do three million in presales. Yeah, absolutely. So so when I started this out, I was not uh, I was definitely a beginner elementary ad buyer. Uh, I was familiar with the Facebook ad platform. I was somewhat familiar with uh, how Kickstarter works, but. I didn't exactly know kind of what the ramifications of using a, a platform like Kickstarter was versus something like, uh, you know, um, using uh, Facebook ads going right to your Shopify store. And so I had built this large email list of, of about 80,000 people. We launched on Kickstarter and I really did not think much past the first 48 or 72 hours, right? I knew I could drive a ton of traffic in those first 72 hours based off of all the lists and groups I had put together. And I knew that I needed to run ads. I knew that I needed some deeper strategy, but I did not know exactly what that was. And really today, uh, Kickstarter is not an organic platform like it was a few years ago. You know, there was a time where you launched on Kickstarter, no one knew who you were, and um, you could basically get on a website like Gizmodo or, you know, whatever these websites were and drive a ton of traffic and and slowly your campaign kind of takes a up and to the right trajectory. Nowadays, it's more like a um, upside down parabolic curve. Is that correct? You know, where it did the huge dip in the middle. And so um, the kind of valley of death, if you will. So that valley of death, basically Kickstarter at this point is just built off of ads. Uh, most Kickstarter campaigns, at least commercial e-commerce mm-hmm. Kickstarter campaigns. So for us, that meant, um, you know, first of all, like uh, things, you know, we started basically with like a lookalike audience based off of our email list. Now that's great, but we're talking about email leads, people who are quick to give out their email, not necessarily people who are quick to pull out a credit card to buy a multi-hundred dollar product. And so that became the challenge immediately is we're driving ads to this Kickstarter page. Um, Kickstarter has no pixel integration. Um, you know, I, we're speaking about this after the kind of big iOS changes in uh, with Facebook. So we're talking about even more challenging reporting. I was just pre that, so I had it a little bit easier. Um, but you know, the, no pixel integration on on Kickstarter. Basically, no way other than the link uh, from they they give you special links so you can attribute on your Facebook ads. So if somebody clicks the Facebook ad and goes straight to the checkout with the Kickstarter, they will attribute it. But it's really really hard to tell if that really pans out. So you're kind of working off of every day, like 
how much money am I spending on Facebook and how much raise am I getting on Kickstarter? So if I'm spending, you know, $1,000 on Kickstarter, am I making $10,000 on Kickstarter? Now, do I think that that is a 10x ad spend right here? Am I getting 10x on my ad spend? Or is that like, oh, I'm getting like a three to five ROAS or something, and uh, which is still amazing, don't get me wrong. Um, but is is the rest of that organic or just kind of referrals or did I get posted somewhere? Um, and so it's it, it was incredibly challenging starting out off to to do that. You know, we dropped. Um, you know, we had about two million two point one or two the first twenty four hours. You know, went down to one hundred and seventy or eighty thousand the second day, and then you know fifty to thirty thousand, and then we kind of coasted around you know ten to twenty thousand for the rest of the campaign. And I think uh, one thing that you you mentioned there was just not really knowing that that big boost. Once you started coasting, did you see any any boosts come in that that surprised you that you were that you were able to track down and find? You know, we really struggled. This is an interesting challenge um, as far as uh, as promoting a Kickstarter campaign. You know, we did figure out kind of the the Facebook marketing funnel, which I can definitely go into more depth in. But um, we found it really hard to get uh, PR and organic traffic from uh, uh, news outlets, media, blogs. Kickstarter has really lost its allure with a lot of people. Uh, and that has been really challenging to, to kind of get that, that, you know, what we saw, you know, five, even 10 years ago on Kickstarter. And so I honestly thought there would be a little bit more of that. Um, it's a great marketing tool from kind of like a business perspective, meaning, you know, it gives me a little clout. And that was kind of the biggest thing it gave me is I got more connections in the industry. I did not get more connections by getting on the Today Show or, you know, being in some, you know, parents.com. I really thought that that may happen a lot more than it did, which is almost nothing, which was almost nothing. So we had to really rely on a, um, uh, a more and more polished ad funnel to Kickstarter as the raise went on those 30 days. One um, one last follow-up question is you had mentioned your funnel was sort of drive into Facebook groups, then an email, and then SMS. What Im- was the impact of, of SMS on on that campaign? I know that you did the, the 2 million in, in 10 hours. What impact did SMS have? Because it's such a, a hotly debated topic of, um, oh, is it worth getting into SMS? Is it worth the time? My my opinion is at the very least start collecting and testing now and you'll see you'll see the benefit in the second half of the year, even if you just do one holiday promotion to, to test it out. But what was the Im- impact that you had with SMS on on your campaign? So th- it's interesting that you say that because a lot of people are divided on SMS. Some people are can't even believe that that sort of um, invasion someone would allow, right? You know, like I cannot believe I would let a co- someone would let a company text me. And for us, our customers are perfectly poised to be on an SMS list from an e-commerce company because they care about the product. They want to know when it comes out, what the new colors are, what the new options are. And honestly, a lot of our a lot of our customers are people who are really busy, either with jobs. I mean, we're talking about mostly parents, right? So they are mostly busy. They're not checking their email. They're not checking their email. I would wonder why somebody without kids is is buying your the the magnetic pillow. <laughs> maybe 
cool aunt her uncle. Beyond uh-huh. that, it's it's not. I, I, don't know. I think they're. Yeah, I think I think there's probably some dark Facebook groups with some nefarious uses for uh, products like these, but I, I think that's probably better for another podcast. Um, <laughs> that's but, for Pit Stop After Dark. Yeah, Pit Stop After Dark, exactly. But, you know, these are very busy people. And often they're not – we're talking – you know, potentially a lot of these people are professionals with clogged inboxes mm-hmm. or uh, – or are have chosen to be at home and have either clogged inboxes or just not important inboxes in that, you know, most of their business is going through their phone. Most of their daily life is going through that text message, the iMessage, whatever. And so for them, the, the that direct line, hey, when does this drop? I'm too busy to find out, but I, my phone will ding. My, my email doesn't ding on my phone because I don't want to, but my SMS will ding. And so building the, I think building an SMS list really is about who is your customer. You know, if we're talking about, you know, maybe millennial guys, maybe SMS isn't the perfect thing. I'm just, I spitball in here. I'm not, I haven't seen any numbers on that, so I don't know. But, you know, for my particular customer, it was the perfect channel. And I think we ended up converting about uh, 10% on our SMS list. Now, I have heard as high as 18 to 20% for kids product companies uh, converting as uh, like a product launch, right? So launching a new product or a new color or something, I have heard of SMS lists converting as high as, as 18 to 20%, which is absolutely bonkers. And so I am going to really test that out with these new product launches we're launching on Shopify. But I think SMS um, really gives the customer, uh, if you do it right, it helps them. We've heard that it helps them feel like you're actually talking to them. So try to make it not really commercial. Um, definitely, if you can afford it, which it is very expensive, we are on PostScript, which which um, which has been really good for us. You know, uh, send a multimedia message, um, specifically even just an image of something new. Customers really enjoy that. We also really like to add that educational part to the SMS. So when we do text out something, mostly you're texting out a link, you know, some sort of promotion or deal. You know, a lot of the time what we're texting is like, hey, here are the new colors. Here's the new product feature and it goes to a blog post so they can really get a more in-depth look and that has been really helpful and driven a ton of traffic to the blog and and kind of people just seeing the site yeah i think that's that's huge and it's what i what i talk about sms and even just getting started is if your your provider omnisense sponsors the podcast so obviously i'm gonna i'm gonna plug them but they include sms credits with their their pro plan and if your provider does that at least use that to test and see if your audience is receptive to your point of if you're marketing to millennial males maybe they're not as receptive and it's just you don't know until you test and if you you do know then either you know to put more money into that channel or to say you know what our audience just wasn't ready for it yet yeah and something we did early on uh and when i was just kind of didn't even have any team members uh, had no money, you know, all bootstrapped, which we still are bootstrapped, but obviously we raised money on Kickstarter, is I literally would ask our Facebook group, like, how do you want me to communicate with you? Facebook groups are not a great way to communicate. You know, they are kind of controlled by the top comment. You know, email is is kind of the goat, of course, you know, and then if you have uh, Instagram, things like that, uh, Facebook Messenger, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and a lot of our customers were like, can you just please text me? Like, I, I just, I, I don't have time to look at this. I'm not going to sort through the Facebook group for an announcement. I'm not going to read the email you sent me. So just text me. And, and, you know, 
uh, of course, I had a big, you know, multi-thousand person Facebook group, so it was really easy to source that information. But if you don't have that and you're looking at your 10,000 person email list in Klaviyo or whatever you use, um, just look at your VIP purchasers. Uh, look at the people who, is, uh, you know, have engaged with you a lot, who are big fans. Shoot them some emails and just be like, hey, would this work for you? And kind of gauge that. And then what you can do with something like OmniSend, like I said, I use PostScript or use OmniSend, whatever. You know, I'm sure you can get some sort of short free trial or credits and test it out for 30 days. See if you can get, you know, a few hundred or a few thousand people to subscribe based off of your email list after you've kind of asked those VIP customers and um, kind of test out how that works. Maybe even use those free credits with a free trial from whatever SMS platform you're using and try and uh, line it up with one of your new product launches and just see if it works. Because SMS is not a cheap, you know, email, of course, is not cheap when you get big lists, but SMS is, is significantly more expensive. So see if you can really leverage those those opportunities, you know, reach out to those companies like OmniSend or PostScript and, and, and see if there's a way you can make it work, line it up with a product launch, see if you can test it out for free and uh, really learn from those customers to see if it's something that they want. Absolutely. And I think that's, you alluded to it. I think that's a great spot to wrap up. And we'll record the next episode shortly, all about transitioning from your crowdfunding platform to getting up and running on your own hosted Shopify site. Thanks so much, Connor. Where can people find you, by the way? I need to start doing this more of plugging where people can find the guests at the end of each episode, not just each little Little series. So if this is the only episode that people listen to, for some reason they don't hit subscribe, where where can people find you if they don't catch the next episode? You can find me on Twitter. I am at Connor B. Lewis, C-O-N-O-R, the letter B as in boy, and then L-E-W-I-S. It's Connor with one N, so it's a little confusing. But um, I also am, you can just email, if you email us, hello at GetTheFort, uh, it basically goes to me. So <laughs> it's getthefort.com. Get the Check it awesome. out. Thanks so much, Connor. I will see everyone back here for the next episode. With 70,000 customers around the world and hundreds of five-star reviews, it's no wonder why so many businesses choose OmniSend for their marketing automation. Here's a review from the Shopify app store that I think said it better than I could of myself. Honestly, I don't think there's anything this app can't do when it comes to email automation marketing. I haven't been with them long, but it seems like whenever I try to do something a little bit more complex, OmniSend has the capability to do it. Their support is incredible. Thanks, Kara. I'm so happy that I chose this app over all the others. You won't be disappointed. Head to OmniSend.com and see for yourself why so many brands love Omnisense. Triple Well is doing some amazing things nowadays. They're developing just a huge range of tools to help your brand stay informed and scale. And Whale Mail is where you can get all these details. So head over to triplewell.com and sign up today.